Right, as the nights draw in and the weather gets colder, I thought who better to keep me company than the delightful Raffaella Covino. Sorry, I should say the award-winning Raff Covino, but we'll come on to that <laughs> in a bit. First and foremost, Raff, how have you been keeping? How have I been? It just feels like such a mammoth question to ask because you just kind of relive and have flashbacks of your entire 2020. But in this very moment, I am well. Um, I've had... A, a pretty busy day, um, but I'm feeling very happy to take this half an hour out to chat to you. How are you? Oh, thanks for asking. I'm very well, thanks. I'm just in a boxing class, so if there's any sort of moans of pain, it's probably me and my legs falling apart, but all good. Well, we have two sides of this podcast and obviously got such a lot to cover in a short amount of time, but... A is your work as an actress and B, your work in mental health in theatre. So we'll start off with the acting side. So can you tell me a bit about your career so far and some of the shows you've been a part of? Wow, I always, I get interviewed so much and it's always about mental health. So I'm always caught really off guard when I have to talk about myself as an actress. I kind of forget that that, that's what I am. Well, Um, Raph, I've done the research (laughs) and I know that you're, you know, two-pronged attack, so... We've worked together, we've worked together. We have. Very luckily, I've worked with you on uh, In the Heights. On In the Heights, yeah. So that's, um, gosh, okay. So I kind of started off my, I always like to talk about my training because I feel like we talk about so much ourselves in the industry, but it's, it's really great to kind of let people know where you trained as well and the experience you had there. So I started off my kind of professional vocational training at Tring Park School for the Performing Arts, um, which was formerly known as Arts Ed Tring when I was there. Um, and I went there when I was 14 and I was on a professional dance course. And then I had quite a major shoulder injury in my kind of upper sixth year. Um, and that's when I discovered kind of acting and musical theatre because I was lucky enough to join onto those courses for a year. So um, kind of fell in love with that and then went on to the London School of Musical Theatre and graduated in 2013. Um, and then I had the kind of luckiest four years ever really of course lots of like rejection um, and setbacks and no's as we as we all all experience um not just in the arts but in life um but i did first job was international tour of sound of music which was incredible got to work in the middle east for a few months which was very exciting and um, then went on to do in the heights at the southwark playhouse with you <laughs> which was kind of a career defining job because i met drew mcconey and tom deering and luke shepherd which were just the dream team to to work with um and then went on to hairspray uk tour with drew and then back into in the heights at king's cross and then rent uk tour and then on the town at regions park open air and then i did hackney empire panto and then i had a breakdown um so after well, i'm sure we'll come into that later with yeah mental health stuff but but i took 2018 out of the industry and then since coming back to the industry in 2019 i found myself kind of step away from musical theatre and found myself in the realm of kind of plays or plays with a lot of movement and the kind of very physical theatre narrative and did Sally Cookson's Peter Pan and um, that was the National Theatre's transfer to the Troubadour White City and then pre-Covid was in a monster cause that was touring the UK and that kind of brings us up to now. Wow Does I mean it? the list wow I the list just kept that. on going didn't it? it? Wow. <laughs> 
and also for a few of those yeah (laughs) a few of those productions you've been a dance captain as well um can you just explain a bit about that role in the company yeah so i've been dance captain on one two three four five five or six jobs um so yeah always a swing and a dance captain so um I see a dance captain as being quite a multifaceted role within a company. You've got the kind of base level, which is that you are the kind of right-hand woman or right-hand man to the choreographer in some respect. Um, You're in charge of knowing all the choreography, teaching the understudies the choreography, um, keeping the show in check in terms of keeping it slick, taking warm-ups, et cetera. That's the kind of... Um, theatre side of what what it entails but I see it a lot as kind of a managerial position in terms of you're essentially part of a makeshift HR department you're the person that the company also come to along with the company manager with their problems and that's the side of the dance captain stuff that really really gets me going is looking after a company how do I get the best out of the company when they're tired how do I keep them motivated how do I keep them feeling supported and valued at work how do I make um, a long-running show feel exciting and new um and yeah so that's that's what dance captain is really to me yeah it's interesting but also i think the fact of that role is you have to dish out criticism you know when it's needed which some i guess Mm. you know for some people it's sort of it's not really their bag you know so i guess it can be a bit of a you know you can come up against people who don't agree with you or you know don't believe that your criticism is you know is needed yeah i think the way i combat that is with my kind of um mental health training because I just have you know many failings as a dance captain I don't really like confrontation at all and I would always err on the side of good cop and bad cop with the way I run a company um but I do think that one of my strengths is my ability to be able to understand humans so I always find that a really nice challenge when there's someone who doesn't like taking notes because it's kind of, I see it as my job to be able to understand how in which they would like me to communicate those notes to them. Um, and there are some people who, for example, don't like receiving notes in front of the whole company. So they'd be someone that I'd go to their dressing room just with them. Um, some people like a collaborative thing, like going, I've had some ideas about this theme or about this dance step. What do you think? You know, all that kind of stuff. But you're, you're very, very right. It is very challenging sometimes to deal with a company of very different personalities in the arts, for sure. Yeah, because also you've done musicals, but also the latest shows that you've done, Monster Calls, is sort of a different type of performer, isn't it? Did, was there, mm. did, you, did you find a difference between actors and musical theatre performers? Even though, you know, obviously they're still actors, but different sort of pathways. Yeah, yeah. so much. I, I can't really express how different the, the companies are. Um, and of course, this is, you know, generalising... Um, but there is a there is a big um, difference between kind of the musical theatre world and the more straight theatre world, um, purely because also this was most people on a monster course first introduction of having a dance captain at all. Um, so just the kind of appreciation for what we do on the job. Most actors, most plays don't have swings. They might have understudies where they have like 
where they understudy one or two roles, um, but very rarely do they have swings. It was a very new entity to introduce that to a, a play like A Monster Calls or Peter Pan. So they were just kind of in awe of how much you can learn. Um, whereas, of course, in musical theatre, we're so used to the dance captain knowing 12 tracks. You know, if you take 42nd Street as an example, you know, 24 tracks or whatever, you know, madness. Yeah. So I, I think just the kind of wide-eyed appreciation for what a dance captain the swing is was just you know really incredible for me um on 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 the plays yeah so so wrapping up this section is there mm. a theater that you would like to work in moving forward or a, a musical or a play that you've not done that's something that really piques your interest so my favorite musical of all time is jesus christ superstar and I've got to the finals a couple of times for the one of the various productions that's gone on at, at Regent's Park Open Air, of which I've gone to watch six times in total. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm literally the biggest fan. And I've never booked it. And you know what I thought is, you know what? Some things are just meant to be your favourite musical. You're not meant to work on it. Because what if you worked on it and you got injured or something happened and it ruined that musical for you? Um, so, But Jesus Christ Superstar is like really up there. Um, I'd love to do West Side Story, um, but in terms of that, I really do want to step away from musicals and more into the kind of weird theatre realm. Um, I'd love to do something with Frantic Assembly. I'd love to work at the National, I think, who wouldn't? Um, and at the Old Vic. I've been in two of their productions, but I haven't actually worked at the building. So, yeah, I'm putting that on my manifesting list for whenever theatre's open. Yeah, I've, I've I found the Old Vic's a really really special place to work mm. um i've just thought of something quickly your injuries that you sustained for someone who who's going through drama school and um you know hasn't, hasn't been injured yet and potentially will be what advice would you give to someone who may go through an injury in their career mm. it was <clears throat> It was a really, really, really hard time. And I was very lucky that it almost happened to me in training when I had all of this support around me and all of these other options um, to kind of try the acting course, try the musical theatre course. And the only thing that I can say is um, put the end goal further away than tomorrow. Having this injury doesn't mean you're out forever. We, we naturally will get the feelings that this means that's it. That means we'll never dance again. We'll never be in the industry. But even if you take a year out, I had a whole year not dancing. Um, it can also lead to other really beautiful things. You know, I then found musical theatre. If I hadn't been injured in the dance world, um, I might not have ever found musical theatre. So it's just about really, really, really trusting that it might be. Can I swear? Please do might be shit right now might be shit for a whole year whilst you rehab but that doesn't mean that your career's kind of ended so to try and always remember the end goal and the kind of play the long game with it i'd say yeah lovely response so moving on to applause for thought which obviously is done so well um can you just tell me a bit about it what it is applause for thought does and how did the idea come about Sure. So um, as I kind of briefly explained earlier, um, I had this this breakdown in, at the end of 2017. Um, I have no prior history of mental health issues or mental illness. Um, but yeah, I, I really did have a breakdown at the end of 2017 and ended up being diagnosed with two mental health disorders. Um, so that, as I explained earlier, prompted me to take 2018 out of the industry because I just, I just couldn't function really as a human, let alone whilst trying to work in a 
in the industry. So I really focused on my recovery for that whole year. And it was during that year that I, about six months into me feeling kind of remotely human again, um, I just had this thought and this kind of overwhelming passion inside me that I, I could not, I wanted to try and prevent anyone else going through what I'd been through because I also remembered and realized that I was one of the lucky ones. I was one of the ones that had the financial and emotional support to be able to go to therapy immediately, private therapy immediately. I was one of the lucky ones that I was unsuccessful in my suicide attempt. I was one of the lucky ones that, yeah, was able to come through this and feel like I could share my vulnerability with people, which is something that a lot of people absolutely, I understand, cannot do. So I knew I had to create something. Um, so February 3rd, yeah, February 3rd, 2019, I launched Across the Door. And since then, we've won three Industry Minds Awards. and We provide free and lower cost mental health support, talks, mental health, well-being, consultancy, and accredited mental health first aid and courses to everyone in the arts industry. That's kind of us in a nutshell. And do you want me to talk about how we do that? Please do. Okay. Um, so we've, we're kind of multifaceted. Um, last year, pre-COVID, we put on events every other month at the other palace that were either free or five pounds, all on dif different subjects surrounding mental health and the arts. These include, this included guest speakers from the industry that had experience with that particular subject and mental health professionals came to talk as well. Um, and then we also have kind of a roster, our applause thought family, if you will, um, of coaches, therapists and counsellors who all offer discounted one-to-one -one sessions to make therapy more affordable and accessible. Um, and most recently in 2020, we've started facilitating accredited mental health first aid England courses at a, um, at this year at like a 70, 80% um, reduction. Those prices will change next year, but at the moment you can get a full first aid course for 120 pounds and they're, they're normally 300, which has meant that over 300 people as of today, um, have been able to qualify, um, in their mental health training. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting stuff. That's that's okay. wonderful. So what's the aim for, for the company moving forward? Um, so moving forward, our, our mantra is education equals prevention. I really want to come. I believe in general that knowledge is power. And I believe that we have just such a gap in our knowledge from school, um, really, where this stuff should be taught on interpersonal interaction, um, developing emotional intelligence, being taught the tools on how to be resilient. You know, we're taught a lot. You need to be resilient. You need to be strong all of this kind of narrative but I feel like along the way we're kind of not taught how to do that um so our aim is to continue from an educational point of view continuing to do these courses and um, working with producers on big shows on getting their you know staff mental health first aid trained getting training establishments and performing colleges to have um several mental health first aiders on site um and yeah just continue spreading the word to break the stigma and give people an awareness um on on mental health yeah so for theaters or for producers or companies who haven't um haven't come to you what would you say to them to get the ball rolling um that's an interesting question i just think that especially coming out of the kind of turbulent waters of 2020 um, <clears throat> mental health has just kind of got to be at the forefront now and um, we, we kind of don't have a choice we've got to catch up with under, uh, other industries that have HR departments you know every company manager should be mental health first aid trained um, they are the person that the company are calling 
to talk about their problems, to say that they can't come in that day. They're often the kind of agony aunt or agony uncle of the company. And it's just a protection for both themselves, their own mental health um, and other people's, that there is someone in the company who has that kind of training, just like a HR department in you know an office building. Um, and also to show that I truly believe that pr the productivity of companies will increase and improve if the company feel valued and supported. Um, and if they feel like their mental health is being taken as seriously as their physical health, i.e. physio and injuries, etc. Um, so yeah, that would be my little kind of plea to producers. <laughs> well, Raf, you're, you're so engaging. I mean, I could just listen to you go on and on and on, which I'm sure you could. <laughs> Um, you don't what, want that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the that's the problem, my kid. <laughs> Not at all. But what, honestly, what I think what you've done and what you're doing for this industry is so important and so vital. Thank you for all your work and you know how it's going <laughs> to you know move forward. It's it's also very exciting. Oh, thank you so much. Honestly, thank you so much for having me. It's been so nice to chat to you. I'm sorry, I've just. I always feel like these podcast things that I just ramble. No, perfect, you're perfect guest. <laughs> but I hope I said good words in good orders. <laughs> Absolutely, better than I did anyway. Great, that's all Thank true. you so much, Ralph. <laughs> Thank you.